Okay. All right, here we go. Francesco, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, brother. Thank you for having me. It's funny to talk to you in a formal way when you and I go so far back and it's like we just talked for half an hour as friends. Right, <laughs> right. Switch over now to to interview mode, but um yeah, I think the first thing I wanted to start with, and, and this will be like, thank you also for being the first person that I'm having on this way. I'd love to do a few of these chats over the course of the year um, for the newsletter. But I think it was exciting because we're, we're finishing up Night of the Ghoul right now, which we'll talk about in a little bit more in the paid newsletter. So the, the way this will work is I'm going to ask you a few questions um, and Francesco and I will go back and forth. And some of it will be for the free newsletter. Uh, and then some of it will be just for paid subscribers. So we'll do both. But with Batman all over the place these days, um, and I am seeing the movie tonight, I'm really excited. I'm taking my 15-year-old, if he doesn't get in any kind of trouble between now and then, to be able to um, go see it after hours. But, you know, everywhere we look, there's like lists about Batman, best Batman stories and who's your favorite Batman and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think you and I were lucky enough to do a story that we really loved with Jock called The Black Mirror, which was my first Batman gig also. And we're also lucky that I think it, it winds up, it's been winding up on a bunch of these lists. So very grateful to everybody thinking of us for that. But I wanted to talk about that for a second and just ask you, because I approached you when I was nobody. I mean, I was just coming out of the woodwork. I was only on, you know, a few comics and I was just coming out of, I had one issue or two of American Vampire maybe out when I approached you about being one of two artists on the series and a commitment that would take like a whole year to do. So I was just wondering, like, do you remember what your reaction was when I first reached out to you and was like, Hey, what do you think? Oh yeah, I do. I do remember very well because um, that happened at the same time when um, Marvel approached me to do Black Panther. So and that happened at a convention, Heroes Con, uh, where um, the editor found me on the floor, specifically uh, the Black Beetle ash can that I had on the table. Uh, was uh, grabbed his attention so I got um, you know I got the gig at the same time you were emailing me like that same week after the convention about introducing yourself and saying hey I'm I'm doing this random Batman or Detective Comics I like to do this backup story that has to do you know to deal with uh, Gordon Jr. And I was like, what, what's happening? Because all of a sudden, you know, here I'm working uh, with both Marvel and DC at the same time. And uh, I knew that I was probably uh, saying too many yeses, but uh, that's, those are opportunities that only come, you know, once in a while. So I jumped on both. And uh, specifically, when you told me the detail about the story of Junior, and, uh, and you know, I was really impressed with the, the horror thriller uh, nature of the story which which you know plays to to my art and i remember i have our first email actually from august 1st or one of the first emails 2010 where we're getting in touch and i wrote to you and i'm like i'm so excited about you doing the backup i really want to talk to you about the run the whole thing it's one big story so it's not just the backup and I'm like, I want it to be yours and da 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 i mean I, we're both it's so funny because we sound just like we do now but when i look back i'm like we sound like kids also, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the enthusiasm for the first chance at Batman is so, is so palpable there. 
and yeah, man, you were perfect for it. I mean, I think with me, like I, I was so attracted to the way that you, your art has this pulp quality and yet has a gritty darkness that grounds it, I think, in an emotional anxiety and fear and horror and makes it feel more than anything, just sort of pulpy, you know what I mean? In that way, it has, it has a real gravitas to it that you bring and an emotionality and just the framing and the the design work, the way that you are so good with graphic design and with angles that really dramatize things panel to panel. I felt like you'd be perfect for the James Jr. stuff. And it was interesting because I feel like we had Grant Morrison on Batman. So they gave us a little more leeway, but do you remember a moment when we were doing it because for me, you know, I just, I really thought I was going to get fired. I was like, well, this will be my one chance to write a Batman story. And I'm going to give it everything I got with these guys that are just going to elevate everything I do. And then after that, they'll kick me off. But there was a point at which I felt like we had something really special. And I remember just where it was. And I'm kind of curious about if you had a moment when you thought this might actually be a book that, that has a bigger impact or sits on the shelf for a while. Yeah. I mean, uh kind of got the the idea that this was a really 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 good story uh, from the very beginning i mean the first um, backup i did with um, gordon visit to the aviary yeah yeah uh, so, and then uh, you know the the big uh, i think it was a hawk or an eagle uh, breaking through the window with you know where we start also playing the flashbacks uh, with junior uh, so yeah, I I think I got there because I you know be, I'm a long time fan of uh, of Batman. I, I read many many stories either in the regular storylines and the Hell's Walls and whatnot. So I I thought that was the first time that I was reading that kind of story in Batman. So I thought to say, oh, we are bringing something new, something fresh. So I did feel like that was gonna make it special on its own. Yeah. I mean, for me, honestly, too, it was the the two moments when I realized it was everything I had been thinking about, because the story for me was largely about Gotham changing itself and adapting into the the worst villain that it could be for Dick Grayson in the cowl and approaching all his fears differently than Bruce's, because James Jr. wouldn't be the same kind of threat to to Bruce as he is to Dick, because he's an inversion of all of Dick's values. You know, he's he's a lack of empathy where Dick's strength is empathy and compassion. And so for me, the moment I remember when we finished the dealer arc and I was like, wow, that, that turned out better than I expected thematically all of it for me too. When I was writing it, it really hit deeper nerves for me and was a better expression of what I had hoped it would be than, than it was. And a lot of that is so organic. I mean, the thing I'd say to readers and listeners here is that when you get back art that speaks to what you're going for, but in a better way than you could, you elevate your game when you start doing the lettering over it, you know? So it was a constant back and forth between you and me and Jock about just pushing each other to make something better and better. But it was the end of that arc where Dick is staring into the mirror and not answering Alfred. And then the next issue, which you did, which is the James Jr. issue, you know, the 874 into 875. Yeah, that point where we really dig into his past and his relationship with Jim and whether the mystery is to whether or not skeleton keys, whether or not he's a, a killer and a psychopath who's playing Jim or he's a sociopath who's never hurt anybody and who's genuinely trying to become better. That was the moment I was like, this is all coming together. And I remember seeing your art 
and how beautiful it was. And I had already started feeling it when we did that diner scene where James Jr. makes yeah. the joke about the head in the, in, in the, the scene. Yeah. yeah. And the way that you drummed up the tension there with those Hitchcockian angles, but it was with that issue that was so dark and so evocative in the way that you framed everything. So it had this almost creeping dread throughout the whole thing, panel to panel and the way the panels bled into each other. And it felt like, and you do these spreads where it was Jim Gordon's face and everything kind of in his mind and all of it. That was where I was like, it was that halfway point almost with the arc, the 874, 875. So a little less than half, but around then where I was like, if we play our cards right with this one, this could be something really really meaningful you know i already wanted it to be but sometimes you really try and things it just things go one click or two clicks away from where you want and then other times when it really hits hitting something it is just like it's hitting a nerve even deeper than you'd expected you know yes and um the diners uh, scene is one of my favorite uh from from the run because there is so much tension and there's really nothing happening on the paper. <laughs> uh, so to, to have that kind of uh, tension and drama coming out of uh, just two people talking at a table, I mean, yeah, that, that was um, quite the feat. And then, yeah, we followed that up with that issue, uh, 874, which is uh, some of the, my favorite imagery I, I created for... Uh, uh, for a comic book, uh, the whole, the whole, yeah, flashbacks that uh, you know the past that keep intertwining with the with the present, the keyring. I mean, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I love, I love it. You know, I'm, and I'm then, still very proud of it. I mean, like now, what is 10, 11, 12 years ago? I'm still very proud of it. Yeah, me too, man. And I, I I'm so I reread it the other day. And I was really, you know, sometimes you go back to things and you don't feel a connection with them as much as you used to, but you still like them. This one, I feel a direct line to where I read it and I was like, I still hit by it, you know, in a way that makes me want to return to it, um, you know, in different ways, which is why I think it still resonates. There's a, there's a real energy to it that feels like it's about something for us at that time, you know, and it was, and, and I think there's some of the messages in it still still really apply both to Batman and to the world at large. Let me ask you this, like after doing so much superhero, I mean, you did that. I mean, you've done so many things between licensed work, between all the amazing stuff that you created on Archie, all the stuff that you've done uh, over the years with DC and Marvel. Do you have a, a, a like a superhero gig you're still dying to do? Well, yeah. Um, I like to bring to life my 1970s Batman story because i think it's really cool it's it it's, <laughs> i love it's, those images you gotta yeah. send them to me so i'll put them in this yeah it's very different from uh i mean it's gonna be very different from uh anything has has been done before with with bruce wayne so i think uh i think i can still bring some uh, original take on it so that that'll be dreamy for sure another one would be you know the and and war this speaking of established, you know, character superheroes like, like you were mentioning, uh, and where um, Ben Grimm uh, detective story where he's uh, you know this private investigator investigating the murder of uh, of um, uh, Mister Fantastic. 
So that's. Oh my God, dude. I love that. That sounds amazing. I can see you just knocking that out of the park, you know? So yeah, I do that with you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my, 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 love is for you know it, it is for her but as, as you mentioned earlier it's for pulp noir that kind of stuff so if i can apply that to to the superhero because usually those uh, stories are always um, you know more colorful and uh, i mean it's superhero stuff so um i like to do a more grim noir take on it if they give me the chance to do so Oh, Ben Grimm detective story investigating the death of Mr. Fantastic sounds incredible. I think you and I'd have a lot of fun. The um, all right, last thing, super quick, and then I'll switch over to sort of paid questions. It'll be a little bit more about craft, about how you broke in, about that stuff. But do you have a favorite iteration of Batman, and why do you think Batman has lasted so long? I think because uh, all right, favorite iteration. I gotta go with. Uh... Talking of comics, should be Batman Year One. I mean, that's uh, that's a, an arc that uh, a graphic novel that uh, I always love it, and mostly, I guess, has to do with um, also Mazzucchelli art, which I feel very, very close to. In movie, I guess Tim Burton two movies are still still my favorite, but just because I'm, I'm a huge fan of Tim Burton, I think the the way he does crazy, uh, it's very unique, and uh, I really, I really like that. I still haven't seen the new Matrix movie, so may, that may change after. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and uh, why last so long? I guess uh, I mean he's my favorite superhero, and I think it has to do with the fact that he's just a guy. I mean, okay. He's filthy rich, so <laughs> he can uh, he can afford to have uh, all kind of gadgets that help him fight crime and doing you know his job. But uh, at the end, it can be any of us, you know. In a way, if we had money and if we we work out really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always felt the money is vestigial, like it's a leftover from the '30s. I always wanted to take it away from them not as a kind of story point, like to do a story about him losing it and getting it back. Yeah. But I think there's a version of Batman, like an Elseworlds version that if I did now, I would do with him growing up without, you know, in that way and show that he's just as Batman as he is with it. You know, as much as I understand, it's a part of some people's version of him in many different ways that are important for me. It's, it's not like, it's kind of a fun thing that he has all these gadgets and all this stuff, but it's the cool factor, but outside of that, the core thing that I think makes him enduring is, is much deeper, but all right. Well, Francesco, I really thank you so much for doing this.